The mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hear them both cows. This what the people need and what they want now. This is the Hey, turn up. Hey, what's going on, people? What it do, folk? What's happening? It's a homie, homie, CL. You wanna run down south? Let's get it. Hey, and y'all know what time it is. I'd like to thank y'all for joining me, however, you're joining me. I do appreciate it. Hopefully you came through from the rundown.com. That's D-A, rundown.com. Gotta know that. And if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Wherever you like it, we got it. Well, not so much this week, huh? Got a little issue with the iTunes and the Stitcher feed. We're going to get that straightened out for you. But for right now, you can get all the podcasts on SoundCloud. Or at least the last two episodes, I should say. But today... On this podcast, right? Chill. We got a jam-packed show. First up, we got a hip-hop artist from Toronto by the name of Shy. Uh, you might not be too familiar with his work, especially if you're down here in the A like me. You know, we got so much new music popping out the woodworks. It's hard to catch out anything that's coming from anywhere else. But uh, he's been doing his thing. A uh, lot of dope videos. Y'all check out the new single, Riding Shotty with God. He's actually going to be down here for A3C. And if you are in the area, I highly suggest you making your way out there. Too bad I couldn't be there, but it is what it is. And then following up with that, uh, kicked it with Easy's Life for the home team. And we talked a little NFL and why I think, you know, this might be the end of Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota. And who's the MVP this so far in the season? Because, boy, that thing, Julio look unreal. But you'll see we talk about that later. But first up. Let's get in the shot. All right, so today on the podcast, we got Toronto rapper Shy. How you doing today, man? Just kicking it, man. Just having fun out here in my hometown right now. I'm going to head out to where you are in about a month, man. Looking forward to it. Okay, yeah, we down here in the A. So uh, let me ask you, you're an independent artist, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so you sign yourself, sign your own checks. Sign the own checks, man. Make my own dough. That's what that's what's up right now. Okay, that's what's happening, man. So, uh, I just want to, I guess, take my time and let the people get to know you a little bit because I did some research on you and uh, trying to dig up some facts. Uh, so, uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, why don't you just tell the people who you are and kind of like where you came from? Yeah, man. My name is Shaw. I'm from Toronto. Grew up in Toronto in New York. Spent some time in New Orleans. And, uh, the way that people describe my sound, the best comparison or the one that resonates or the one that people sort of uh, gives people an idea, it is like bringing back that big L style, that big pun style. So like the flow with the lyrics, but in a modern way. And so people describe me as like a big L lyrics mixed with future style. And I think that's a, that's a way of capturing in a couple words, 
who I am and what you can expect and the combination of you know lyrical poignance and lyrical strength but still being able to vibe and still being able to have fun and wild out so that's that's a sort of the synopsis yo I've been rapping since high school but then I came back to it I went down the uh went and did school like you know other rappers are doing these days and then uh spent some time in school and then it just was like you know what this isn't scratching that itch this isn't providing that satisfaction and that's the topic that i touch on in the music just like chasing satisfaction and chasing fulfillment and it's definitely uh every day i believe we're sort of this millennial generation is in a place now where we can pursue fun and having fun every day at least out here in in america uh, we're in a place where we can pursue our dreams so the idea of like you know working just to live is something that we're we've advanced beyond so that's what brought me back to the rap okay got a couple follow-ups for you now what were you in school for huh what were you in school for I was in med school, dog. Okay. Now, you Indian, correct? Yes, sir. And I got a couple Indian friends. And uh-huh. their parents take school pretty serious. So uh, Yeah, man. How did they take it when you said you wanted to take your your artistic talents and not go to school right? Um that's a question I get asked a lot and every time it's very good it's a, I know that's an interesting question because I remember the first time I got it I'm like oh that's a good question um, my dad is a bit different so my dad is like you know my parents are Indian um, but my dad is a revolutionary so my dad went from India he sort of had his like uh, Che Guevara path through Europe ended up in New York he was doing like hard labor in Harlem um, before he finally made his way doing social work. So he's, so my dad's like, um, sort of like a socialist, a revolutionary. He was like very against, uh, like in India, I don't know how familiar you are, you are with the, the dowry system. Like they got this thing where the uh, girl's parents would have, would pay the boy to get married. So he was like, you know, he tried to, he, he, he knocked down these systems. So they still have those Indian sensibilities about them. So, you know, like me being in med school, that was a very like satisfying thing for them. But then they also know me and they know that like I'm a hustler and they know that like, you know, the things that I pursue, I succeed at. So then when I broke it down to them. Okay, yeah, that I definitely can feel that. And I know for myself doing my thing, it's, it's like my, I kind of had to find my own path. You know what I'm saying? It, Cause it really wasn't the template wasn't out there. My dad worked at a company for like thirty something years, and my mom she worked at a different few different companies for a few years. So it was, you know, when you start stepping out there and, and kind of finding what you love to do, you know that that could be a bumpy process. And you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time in school just trying to figure things out. So, so so your parents were supportive of you or not really uh, doing journalism. Well, put it like this. I, I have support, but my dad, he's a little bit more old school. Yeah, right. He's, right. He's like, go get you a job, work there for X about a year, and you'll be all right. I'm like, it's a little, it's coming a little bit faster nowadays, but you know, 
that's 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 like you say that millennial generation where we kind of seeing things that's uh, a lot more open. Right, exactly. And and there's two sides of that. There is there is two sides of that. But it's like I definitely do not think like my biggest regret in life is going to school. Not even med school. Just going to college. Because like I'm a hustler. So in I I wouldn't have even needed to finish high school. Like I'll tell I'll tell kids you should finish high. If you don't finish high school, that's sort of like it's it's just a dumb look on you. But I definitely do not think school is a place to wander. So unless you're in school and you know you want to do something that requires school. So if you really want to be a doctor or you really want to be a lawyer, those two things do require going to school and getting that paper. Blah blah blah. But if you want to go into business or you want to go into music, I definitely don't think you go need to go and get a business degree or go and study music in school. And I definitely don't think school is a good place to wander. So,、um, you know, when people like you or people like myself go and pursue our dreams on like a harder route, especially when you when you don't have those contacts, you know,、um, if it's not built for you, then it's harder. It's harder, and it is a grind, and it can be like.、Uh, um, It can be very exhausting, and that's something that people like us just accept now as worthwhile.、It's、like, why am I trying to be a job? Like, I have friends now that are giving up on their dreams and they're going and being teachers, and I have friends that are like are are popping, like like they're sort of on the they're like they're riding with me, and they're getting to have fun. And you see both sides of things, and. One thing that we're willing to do in this generation that our parents weren't, or even like sort of like older, older siblings or like younger uncles and aunts weren't willing to do is like take a bit of risk and grind a little bit harder and be like, you know what? I'll just put in some more time and you know maybe I'll need to like Airbnb the crib when I'm out traveling. I feel you. Nah, I, I'm here. You got.、Uh, Some pieces from like things that I've heard from like other artists. So just kind of steering things toward but to the music. Like what some of the like artists that really influenced like not only what you sound like but you know how you how you think about certain things. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm as far as artists today. I think then and this is like this has been like this for probably a few years now. I think Kendrick definitely holds the crown for. Artists today, in terms of like respectability and and、um, uh, particularly with after Good Kid, Mad City, when he came out with the Pimp a Butterfly, no one would have been mad at him for going and making pop rap. No one would have been like, "Oh, this dude's selling out." People have been like, "Yo, it's his moment." Everyone's looking at him. Go cash cash out, dog. No one would have been upset with them. But he didn't. He went the opposite direction. He's like, I'm gonna do something for my people. And I think anytime you have an artist in any genre who does that, he's like, all right, I'm gonna take less money to make better art, but also provide that social commentary. That's incredible. And you gotta salute those dudes.、You、gotta salute those dudes. It's like, it's like you know, like no one's really mad at Jordan for saying Republicans buy shoes too. And then steering clear of, you know, any political commentary. No one's mad at him. Even I'm not mad at him. And I'm a, I, I and I'm a revolutionary. You know what I mean? I feel you on that. But like, tell me more. Like, like, do you feel like Drake is some one of the people that made you feel like this is something that you can really do? 
since he is from Toronto. I know you said you bounced around, but like now that you based out of Toronto, it's like is the gate open a little bit more for Definitely, definitely. One thing that Drake definitely did is he brought attention to Toronto. Um he brought attention to Toronto. Uh and now one of the things that I'm actually doing, so one of the reasons that I came back now in in New York, um, and a little bit in New Orleans, I've gotten support that allows things to happen more easily so whether it's collaborations or it's just like getting the music pushed or whatever just getting like coverage and stuff i've gotten now i'm in i'm in a position where people know who i am and it's starting to it's starting to bubble relatively early given that music was only came out in may but then it's like you know this is rap like your hometown really matters it's like i want to put on for my city but more important than that it's like why did i come back and make toronto my why did i make toronto my base again it was like there are a lot of artists, a lot of like ultra talented dudes that because Toronto's in a unique situation, they don't get the love and the attention sort of uh, outside of their city that they would if they were in, in the A or if they were in New York or if they were in uh, LA or Chicago. And it's sort of like, I'm not exactly what that is. I think part of it is the border. Cause like, you know, radio works different in Canada and um, just there's like that border really does stop certain music from getting across. So one of the things that I wanted to do, one of the things that I'm doing is I'm finding these artists who are known in Toronto and maybe known in Canada, but nobody's heard of them um, out where you're at, who are ultra talented, super talented. Like like Toronto dudes could fill up half of the uh, the freshman, the, the uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so the unsigned hype and the freshman class and all that, like Toronto dudes could fill up half of those lists right now. So one of the things that I'm doing is come up here and just, you know, sharing the resources. Be like, all right, you're in New York, come stay at the crib. I'll introduce you to some people. You're in LA. Um, with this producer make with me his name Lord Quest he's done a track for uh, Schoolboy Q and he's like yo I'm going out to LA it's like yo let me let, let me set you up go go to LA stay at the crib and he has his people out in LA but just being able to set Toronto people up is like a really enjoyable thing that I've been able to do and it was something that you didn't even realize that, uh, that was sort of um, coming from Toronto until going down to the States, you don't even realize that there is this much harder path and like these obstacles. So Drake definitely helped with that. Um, definitely helped him bring attention and like kind of like just with the um, attention to Toronto, like, okay, Toronto's also a city. It's not just ice hockey uh, and the Blue Jays, you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's some other shit going on in Toronto, but the infrastructure is still not there. So like, whereas in Atlanta, like, you can become an, a national star just through blowing up in Atlanta. And you can just blow up in Atlanta, get in the clubs, get played, and then eventually people will come and hear about you. <clears throat> and New York is kind of like that. And LA is sort of like that as well. But Toronto's not like that. So Toronto, so Drake's definitely helped in terms of bringing attention to Toronto. And then what I'm trying to do right now is help other artists with that infrastructure. Like um, when you're in one of these other cities, let me help you out a little bit. Okay, so speaking of that, 
All right, so you're going to be crossing the border coming down here to the A for the uh, A3C Festival. So Sir. What, what you looking to get accomplished when you come down here? So Atlanta is a city I've never been to before. So I'm well-traveled. Like, you know, I've been I've been around the world in like New York and L.A. and New Orleans. They're all home. Um, but I've never been to Atlanta. And Atlanta's, you know, Atlanta's the championship city of rap right now. Uh, in the world and in and in the states, so um, it's sort of like it's been a long time coming. So there's a few different projects that we go that we got on the go. Um, there's someone uh, out in Toronto who's always back and forth in, with Atlanta, so he's in tight with the Shakur family. Um, uh, he's done some work with like Matulu and trying to get him out, like part of this like free Matulu project. So I'm. Um, getting involved with that and more on like you know the trap side of things just that music is that's what's hot that's what I like to have fun and party to so um, one thing that we've been very cautious on uh, since the music's come out is who we're collaborating with so a lot of people have approached the team and saying hey man let's build let's do a track together let's do a track together and, and unless it sort of fits the vibe we've just been a little bit more cautious on who but Atlanta's really the, the spot where we want to, um, where I personally am like, this is the sound I like. This, without compromising who the artist is, they're able to make music that's a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm looking to build out there and collaborate finally, um, but then also do some of the work that's more meaningful to me. So that's what I'm trying to do out there. And then I'll be there for A3C, but then we'll be spending some time in Atlanta. So we'll be there for October. And I think this will be like the beginning of like a longer term relationship with me and, and the city. Okay. Well, uh, have you watched that new show, Atlanta? I don't know. I didn't watch. So the first episode just came out, right? Yeah, it just did. Not... I didn't. I, I, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm always behind on TV, but I heard people saying some good things. And Donald Glover, man, Donald Glover is a, a funny, a funny dude. So any, any, especially with TV, man, anything that he touches. I didn't even know he was from Atlanta, though. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of people don't know that. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Like, you know, you know, you know Gucci and you know T.I. And obviously, you know, uh, Outkast. But he was like New York, Chicago, something like that. By the side, I know you're a little short on time, so I want to get you out of here on this. Um, yes, sir. The newest single, Ride a Shotty with God. Uh, I guess sell the people on why they need to fool with this song. And if you don't mind just telling me who the dudes in the mask are, I thought they just had warrants. Uh, okay, so so Riding Shoddy with God is the type of... This, this is the track that is um, my favorite track that we did... Uh, I'm getting some extra right here. So this is my favorite track from the... that we released thus far and that we'll be releasing in 16 because it brings fun lyrics that anyone can vibe to, but there is that meaningful component. So for someone who's looking to, you know, get a little bit of that uh, depth or get something where after each listening, you're catching more and more metaphors or more bars. That's what this track does. Yeah, the mask, it, that, that's that guy. He's repping for New Orleans, and like like what I was saying is, he's the good, he's like the good guy on the shoulder. He's like that angel on the shoulder, 
just making sure your decisions are the are the right ones. Okay, all right. I know, but because I'm from you know a different era where when we did videos and people didn't want to show their face, that used because they didn't want to be seen and they had to hide their face, but they still wanted to be in the video. So yeah, this is, there there is a component of that. There is a component of um, uh, legal issues. Let's just say. Okay, all right. I, I wasn't sure, but I, I'm just familiar with those things. That's why I asked about it. You nailed it. You nailed it. You definitely you definitely nailed that one on the head. All right, that's what's up, man. Now, uh, before you get up out of here, just let the people know where to find you. Yeah, man. Day of Shah across social media. So Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Day of Shah. I would definitely direct people to the YouTube. That The videos is what's led to the spark. So the videos is what's led to things popping off and going viral so go check the homie that guy um in the videos and check out check out the things and then um by the time we're in atlanta we're going to release the next track called payday 71 so um when i'm in atlanta we'll be in touch then we can uh we can link up again then and we'll have the next we'll have the next join out by that time uh, most definitely man and uh i will be looking forward to y'all coming down here and hopefully i can get all my ducks in a row so i can be all up in a3c doing my thing shout out to that boy shot for coming through on the rundown south podcast gotta know that and y'all go ahead y'all uh support the boy y'all check him out at the a3c you know give him a follow on twitter if y'all like what he doing uh at least check out the videos on youtube and whatnot and just see what y'all think about that music so you know, maybe maybe Toronto got a little something popping off. Is it gonna be the new Atlanta? Maybe not. But nonetheless, th- there's a lot of potential from anytime you see an artist from a, a new area that hasn't produced a lot of hip hop stars, that it does tend to breed a little bit more confidence of the next wave. Uh, you look at Nelly uh, with the St. Louis thing. You know, Houston has kind of had their own culture, but it's it had a run. Uh, you know, California definitely, and so who knows? Y'all just keep an eye out. Coming up next, we have Easy Life from the Rundown South Home Team talking a little NFL and, like I said, some hip hop. Uh, I don't think we agree on much on this one. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but uh y'all know what time it is. It's the rundown south. Gotta know that. And that boy Easy like home team on deck. What's going on, Easy? What's going on, big fella? How you feeling, dog? Oh man, we doing real good, man. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling like this NFL season for one is gonna be an interesting one. Cause I don't know who's good for one. Mm-hmm. But I do know there's a a few things I want to, I guess I could say, I call them my hot takes. So, uh, just to get it started, we four weeks in. A lot of big numbers put up. Julio Jones just did 300 yards. Julio Hornets. Uh. Who? Julio! Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, does that put him in a, the MVP category, or is Matt Ryan still getting that nod? I think Matt Ryan gets the nod right now. Julio has another one of those games, maybe even two. 
we be talking different to him right now. But um, as of right now, we're just gonna keep Matt Ryan. Julio just had a, a wonderful game, got himself in the record books, you know. So let we already know who Julio is. Let's just see what happens. Now we're gonna learn a lot about the Atlanta Falcons for a couple reasons. Uh, for one, they are going to Denver. And they're going to play the best defense that they have played all season. You feel like you come out there with a win? Um, I'm going to be completely honest. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be completely honest. I look at it. I look at it as a 60-40 chance. Okay. 60-40 chance we lose, though. 60% we lose, 40% we win. The reason I say this it's like we had this conversation earlier. The Denver Broncos are one of the few teams in the league that have good position players at every position. Mm-hmm. So if the Falcons want to spread the field like we've been doing, they have players that can make plays at every position. As far as Tlaib, Chris Harris, Stewart, Miller, Ray, if we was to put everybody out on the field, there's somebody to cover everybody on the field. Mm-hmm. And there's not many teams, if any team, in the league that can really do that, except maybe Tampa Bay. Right. And Tampa Bay did beat Atlanta. Even though I believe Atlanta beat themselves that game more than Tampa Bay beating them, because Matt Ryan still outplayed, I believe he outplayed really, um, what's the guy named? Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. But... They had the form to beat, beat the Falcons. Now, Carolina didn't have it. Or the Saints. While I'm over here sitting, the funny thing about this matchup is in 2016, both of these teams run the same offense. Who? The Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. In 2016? Yeah. Like, if you had said this, like, at any other time, it would have just been a different story. But with this matchup in 2016, Broncos running the Gary Kubiak stretch run system, which was given to him by Mike Shanahan, who also gave it to his son, Kyle Shanahan. That's a good point. And if you want to take it to that, then I have to flip the script. And just say the Falcons will go win 60-40. Because Trevor Simeon is not about to outplay Matt Ryan. I don't care if they are in Denver. He's not about <laughs> to play out, outplay Matt Ryan. Like, point blank, period. It's going to be up to the Denver defense to slow down Matt Ryan enough. Mm-hmm. Because if Matt Ryan's... I feel like the offense is putting up 35 Offer, you're going to put 35 up on Denver? No, no, no. This, this is how I feel about the offense, period. The offense okay. is putting up 35 a game. Got you. Denver is going to limit that offense about 21-24. Okay. It's, it's going to be up to the defense to make sure that they just stop Trevor Simeon in that offense. Because Matt Ryan is going to get enough points for us to win the game. Trevor Simeon should not outplay Matt Ryan. Nah, that shouldn't happen. Matter of fact, when I really think about it, the Falcons have the advantage in the sense that they do have the better quarterback in the game. That's usually always the big joker when it comes to matchups and when you just picking games and whatnot. 
Falcons. Like, who, who, which quarterback do you have more faith in getting it done, Trevor Simeon or Matt Ryan? And I, I'll go with Matt Ryan. As, as reluctant as people are to call him good, I'll still, I'm still hanging on the bandwagon. You know, I, I'm down to say he's good. I saw some things that, you know, didn't look as good, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, things happen. Who knows? I'm not in that, I'm not in that guy's personal life. You know, you just never know. But from all signs that I've ever seen, Matt Ryan is good. But moving on to a team that I feel like is going to be battling the Falcons for playoff position is the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Now they just smashed the New York Giants on Monday Night Football, which is never a good look. Get smashed on in front of everybody while everybody watching. You know, you get smashed on a 1 o'clock game, everybody don't find out till Monday. But uh, Minnesota's been handling their business. And a big part of why they did it is that uh, that trade that brought Sam Bradford from Philadelphia. Now, tell me how did you feel real quick about that trade when it first happened? Just your instant reaction. Instant reaction was bad trade. It was a, it was a what the hell trade. It was a... A, a move of um, an urgency move that they didn't need to make. I felt like felt you know, like it was thirsty. I felt like it was they were super thirsty. I felt like they just messed up just the like next Instagram two years. Just I like Mike Zimmer is trying to save his job and he doesn't know what he's doing. I was just like, what a first round pick for an eight year vet who used to be a first round pick. Like that's not even sensible. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't. It, it, nothing made sense about it except for the fact that they was thirsty. They tried to make a, a urgent move. Now, what I said when the trade happened is Sam Bradford is not a bad quarterback. Mm-hmm. Get, getting Sam Bradford right now is like getting Teddy Bridgewater right now. You, you, you're pretty much getting the same, the same type of level of play at, right. at that moment. That's that's the only thing that I was like okay with. It was just the first round pick. I'm like like come on. Well, you got to consider a few different things when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings situation. For one, if you go back to last year in the playoffs, they were a field goal away from moving on to the next round. And as good as Teddy Bridgewater played, it wasn't nothing that you felt like you couldn't get the same out of, you know, a decent NFL quarterback, i.e. Sam Bradford. So if you feel like you got a Super Bowl roster because you felt like you had one last year, you're going to get you a quarterback that's going to put you right back into a Super Bowl conversation. And is that worth a first-round pick? Think about it. Because, look, think about it. How many first-round draft picks are bust? The one they picked up was a bust. He was a bust. Tim Bradford is considered a first-round bust. Is Alex Smith a bust? Alex Smith is a first-round bust. Okay. Well, yeah, these, these are first-round bust. These are not players that you are that ever played at a level. You know what I'm saying? That that you want from a first-round quarterback. It took John Harbaugh to come to San Francisco. For Alex Smith to get any recognition, even when he went like to, he fixed his confidence, like we know that. But and even when he went we, to the we Chiefs, he ain't doing anything. Like he's okay. not doing anything. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to fight you on, on Alex Smith, but I will get on on you about 
Sam Bradford because of the upside of what Sam Bradford is. You have an all-time offensive coordinator in Brett in uh in North Turner. If let's say I don't know, a good 30% of first round picks are busts. And let's say a good 50% of them do little to nothing in the first year. So you feel like you was going to get a Super Bowl type production out of a player that was a first round pick. Why won't you just go ahead and do that now? Because I wouldn't have believed I was going to get any Super Bowl type production. I still don't think anybody getting any Super Bowl type production with them. Why not? The defense is awesome. The defense is awesome, but the Super Bowl production but for Sam Bradford, I don't think it's going to happen. Sam Bradford hasn't showed me anything in his career that showed me that he's going to be a Super Bowl-ready quarterback. But see, that's the thing. They don't need him to be Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he has to they be just Aaron need, Rodgers. They just need to do what North tell him to do. He might not even make it. Now, I believe they're going to make it because I'm putting them at no, least in the NFC Championship he game. might not even make it. Well, Sam Bradford? We're talking about Sam Bradford now. Sam Bradford might not even make it to the playoffs. That's nothing that, that threw me off. Like, you, you're giving a first-round pick to a guy that hasn't played 16 games. Mayor year in his career. How many games he played last year? I don't know. Sanchez was on the field. Sanchez, Sanchez played last year. Sanchez played a couple games last year. This guy hasn't played 16 games his whole career. Let me see, bro. I'm trying to go back and check right now. Because I could have sworn he played in a good amount of games last year. He didn't play 16. I mean, he's an eight-year vet. Nobody really does. What do you mean nobody really does? At the quarterback position? Where he played 14 out of 16. He has not played 16 games since he's been in the league. Last year, it might have been his best year. 2012, he played 16 games. He started all 16 games in 2012. He played in all 16. For who? For the Rams. In 2000 who? 2012 and his rookie year. It was 2000. See, it's the way that his career went. And I'm, we're getting like way off. But I'm looking at his career. So rookie year, he played 16 games. 2011, he Didn't plays 10 nothing. games. He won rookie of the year. Well, who in his rookie class? I don't really know. That's not the point. They didn't. How many games, games did they win? Bro, I'm not. They didn't even go to the playoffs. You like, just like, you just asked me how many games did he play? But that's how many, what I'm saying. Talking, but you getting it, it, all off in how, how many he's been wins? In league, he's been in the league eight years, and you saying he's played two full seasons and made no noise those two full seasons. Bro, hold on. Like I said, he got two 16-game seasons and a 14-game season. Out of eight years. Okay, so he got hurt one year. or he got hurt two years. In the other other years, he only missed two games. So when he... So I mean, over 50% of his career, he he hasn't been playing. He hasn't been He's been hurt, what you're trying to tell me. And you want to spend a first-round pick on that. Bruh. I'm looking at it. I don't see what the issue is. You don't see what the issue is. Like, two years he got hurt. That's not half. How many how many years has he been in the league? He's been in the league since 2010. That means every single year he's been hurt. How is that every single... Bruh, two out of six? Bruh. That's 30% of the time. So you're saying that he's played four full seasons in the league? 
coming into this year, if he make it through this year, did it be his his like for you know an, another full season? He played fourteen with Philly. I know one of the games he was hurt, and the other one I think they just like was you know doing like the Sanchez thing. But other than that, man, I mean, shit, bro. I don't see, I don't see what the issue is with, with just going with the better talent. But how is he the better talent though? When Teddy Bridgewater is where he is right now, and Teddy Bridgewater been in the league for three years. What do you mean as far as like accomplishments? Are you talking about like skill set? He really has more. He has more accomplishments than him. He has a higher ceiling than him. Cliche, I just messed up there, but oh well. <laughs> now just to wrap it up, real quick, man, what's up with these copycat rappers, bro? I don't even want to talk about it. Just real hurt. quick, like what, what's going on? You said it's a dude that's going that jacked the name and the style. Yeah, bro. I just looked on this world star and I seen the guy named um named Twenty Two Savage. So I know everybody's like Twenty One Savage. Just like Twenty One Savage. I know everybody's heard of Twenty One Savage. So. I'm thinking it's lame, but it might make sense. I think they're at the same camp. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm thinking they're doing some lame, next level. You know what I'm saying? Oh, next person to come out by to be 23 Savage. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking that's what it is. Then I look into it, and I see that he's really saying, like, like fuck 21 Savage. It's 22 Savage. I'm 22. I'm the real Savage. And took his style and his name and all that. and. It, He's running off with it in a whole different camp, a whole different entertainment group, whatever you want to call it. I'm like, is that is that what it's come to? That's the game right like now. Like first designer, the future, then 21 Savage, the 22 Savage. Like, what's next? I don't know, man. See, my thing is, is like, if you're gonna copy something, why you gonna copy nothing good? Like, copy, like, you know, big crit. But see the I mean, thing, I think, and that's a good point. But I think when it comes to that, it's more the copycat of the style. And when you can copycat a certain style that's hot, but still don't mean nothing, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's easy for you to do. You can't really copycat a Nas or a Big Crit or Jay Z because you got to put your, you got to be lyrical. Right. You know what I'm saying you got to be able to do that. To copy future design, that was easy. So it's, you know what I'm saying? And then the same thing with 21 Savage. It was easy to copycat that style. That is true. You can't copycat a style of pure artistic, somebody, somebody else's artistic measure. That was at Easy's Life from the home team for the Rundown South podcast. And y'all know how we do. Uh, but I wanted to keep this one a little bit shorter because I know the last one we ran a little bit long. So. Try to keep it balanced out back down to 40 minutes, but uh we're gonna try to make sure easy get back in his proper place, which is being regular on the podcast every week. Uh but once again, big shout out to Shy for coming in on the podcast and uh showing us what he got going on. And uh hopefully y'all have a great weekend out here. A3C going down. Uh shit, we got preseason basketball. NFL, of course. I don't know what's going on with college football. 
You got good weeks and you got bad weeks. I can't never tell. I just wait till Saturday and I see what's on the TV. But uh, if you got any questions, comments, or you just want to talk, CL at therundown.com. I am SCL, the main event on Twitter. Follow the show at the Rundown South, and we out here. You ain't know the deal. I bet you know.